Hello out there on Podcast Line and welcome back to Spoilers, your bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network where your hosts have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, we crack a couple jokes, we give you our insight of the film, and we play a couple games at the end. I'm your host, Hollywood, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Adam and Maestro. Ah, I'm Adam. What the hell was that? Well, I'm a excited. Well, okay, but that's a little bit like, what? Yes. It's almost like a whole bit about SpongeBob SquarePants all of a sudden. It's like, oh. I can't hear you. That's Maestro. I'm not that excited, but <laughs> this week we're continuing our we're continuing our thankful movie series where we ditch the bad movies for a few weeks and we focus on a movie that we like that we give praise for that we're thankful that exists. Last week we did Maestro's choice, which was The Goonies. <laughs> oh. And now this week, Adam, he's <laughs> stepping up to the plate <laughs> with his pick, <laughs> a teen comedy which is very close to his heart. Yo, I'll give him a chance to explain. The movie in question, which I guess if you're watching, if you're listening to this, you already know what it is because yep. that's the name of the episode. Yes. That's the title of the episode. 1998's Can't Hardly Wait. This movie was directed by two people, Harry Elfont and Deborah Kaplan, and it stars amongst several people in this movie. So many. Ethan Embry, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Charlie Corsmo, Lauren Ambrose, Peter Fascinelli, Seth Green, um, Jason Siegel is in there. He's the guy with the moderate watermelon. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Melissa Joan Hart. Uh, yeah. Clarissa explains it all. The yearbook person. Uh huh. She's the yearbook yearbook person. Um, the, the the black guy who's friends with Mike Dexter. He was in House on Haunted Hill. The movie kept confusing with Thirteen Ghosts. Oh, okay. He's he's in that one. All right. Okay. Or maybe uh, it's Tate Diggs. I don't know. No, no. There, there are a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of people in this yeah. movie. There was uh the other black guy in the band from Scrubs uh-huh. later on in life. Phase on something. Phase on. Sure. Uh-huh. Another guy in the band was uh went on to do other things as well. I don't remember. Oh, the lead singer. Yeah. With the with the with thing. Yeah. The bolo tie looking with the, thing uh, with the pirate shirt. The po- the poofy shirt. Skeet Ulrich. Yeah. That's his name. <laughs> his name is Skeet Ulrich. Yeah, Skeet Ulrich. Oh, S K E E T. Yes. That still doesn't help. Oh, Skeet Skeet. <laughs> oh no, that's not Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> Skeet Ulrich is a killer from Scream. I'm sorry. Oh, but he has a name. That. Oh, Brecken Meyer. Okay. His name's Breckenmeyer. That sounds like a, a horror a movie name as well. I can see that being a horror <laughs> No, that's Breckenmeyer. Okay. Uh, let me do a brief synopsis and we'll go from there. Multi-character teenage comedy about high school graduates with different agendas of life on graduation night. Adam, yes. I always ask this every episode. Have you ever seen this before? Absolutely. Maestro, have you ever seen this? I've seen it once, or maybe twice at the most, but I wasn't really interested in a movie at all. all right. I saw this in theaters and I've seen it on... HBO or other cable channels various times. Okay. So Adam, why did you pick this movie? Uh, I, I saw this movie at the perfect time in my life to identify with the multiple characters and to uh, identify this like to my life in a lot of ways. And just as I, I found myself as a, as a mix between the, the, the Preston and, um, oh no, uh, William. The, uh, the nerdy kid. Yeah. Where I, I was more towards the Preston side than the, 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 the William side. I wasn't as nerdy. Uh, to that level anyway. What are you talking about? Nah, it wasn't that, I wasn't that, like, they were, they, I took nerd to the, the, the stereotypical nerd status, which <laughs> I, I, I was not. I was, I, I was more the, the guy that was wanting the girl that all the jocks were into and she was only into the jocks and I was like, ah, maybe one day I'll get my chance. <laughs> <laughs> that type of thing and, uh, I may or may not have written a letter or so in my day to said, uh, uh-huh. uh, leading lady. But it just it's it's it 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 gave me a, a sense of like yeah so it's like understanding 
I, I, I got it. It felt like it got me in a weird way. It was, it was enough comedy in it that it made it a good movie overall, not just a, uh, this is my life type of thing. Uh, and it just, it just, and, and my first crush, my first, uh, Movie crush of all time. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Was Jennifer Love Hewitt for J- sure. J Love. Because I, I, I had never seen her before. As soon as I, as soon as she came on. Really? Screen, yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I, this was the first time I saw her in a movie, and I was oh, like, "Holy! Okay. Good God! What? Yes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it, she and she did remind me of a, a girl that I had a crush on. This this was back in the junior high days. Uh, uh, there was nothing like this in high school for me, but it, it reminded me of junior high ish a little bit. Okay, Adam. This is 1998. Yeah, we're 14 years old mm-hmm. when this movie comes out. Are you still in the bubble, or were you out of the bubble? Uh, I didn't see this movie until a couple years after it came oh, out. Oh, okay. So you didn't see it when yeah. it was. I, okay. I was out of the bubble for sure. Okay. Uh, I want to say I was somewhere in high school, maybe towards the end of high school, maybe junior senior year. Okay. And I just like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oof. Oh, by the way, the black guy in Mike Dexter's crew. Yeah. He's not in House on Honda Hill. It's Tay Diggs. Yeah. This guy was in Dracula 2000. Oh, okay. He, he looks familiar. And maybe it was at the time He was in Barbershop. He, he reminds me of uh, Joe. He was a singer. He did that, yeah. uh, I Want to Know. Mm-hmm. I want to know what turns you yeah. on. Yep. I so I can be all that more. Uh-huh. But this guy, he was in Barbershop, okay. amongst other things. Right. So. Uh, <laughs> Along with every other black actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, how do you want to do this episode, Adam? Because uh, this story jumps it's all, all over it's the place. All over the place. There's I, a bunch what, of storylines. What movie did we we did a movie where there was like it was lots of jumping, 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 but that but we just focused on everyone's story. Yeah. So like that sounds right. So we what movie was it? Damn. Whatever it was, yeah. we did it the same way where we, where we just like okay, so oh it was that uh, New Year's Eve movie. Oh, that's right. That's right. So we had to like focus like okay, so this story yeah. is. This story, because they they all they're all pretty much independent. There's not a whole lot of crossover between the storylines. Uh-uh. It's just they're at a party, and even at the party, a yeah. lot of them don't cross over. It's so good. All right, I want I want to save the Preston okay. Amanda storyline so, okay. so, for for the last. Okay, go any way you want. This is yeah. your thankful movie. All right. Well, it pretty much it, it starts off, and by the way, the way that this opens up, the way that they introduce the characters, I think is amazing. The, the where it's like there's a free the yearbook frame. entry. Yes. Yeah, yes. I love that. In fact, I wanted to do that for our show, and I was trying to remember. Some movie did this at some point, and I didn't remember until it was this movie. Until mm-hmm. then, it was like, yeah, where we do a commercial and then freeze frame. Hey, that's that's Adam. Hey, there's Maestro. Hey, there's Hollywood and stats and whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 which one was I? My which one was I in this movie? Uh, no, no, not in the movie. <laughs> as, as far as a, a commercial, I wanted to do for a Rat Pack. I feel, I feel like you could have chosen uh, each character to be a, one of us in the movie. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know if I can place you in one of those categories. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can place other people in other roles that uh, that we know, uh, especially the Seth Green role. But uh, they're no longer. Can, part of can I tell you something real quick? Can I tell you guys something real quick? Yeah, I saw this movie in theaters with my cousins. Okay. Me, oh uh, wow! I'm an only child. I have no siblings. My own, the only people that were close to being at my age who are like my siblings or my girl cousins. Okay. So they loved all these movies. I saw She's All That with them. I saw Can't Hardly Wait. All right. I've seen all these teen- teenage movies with them. So I watched this movie and I see Seth uh, Seth Green's character, Max, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny Fisher. Kenny Fisher. And they showed his stat and it was, he wants to, 
future ambition or future goal is UCLA. Yeah. I'm guessing that's where they're going, right? Yeah. Cause he keeps saying, yo, all the, all the bitches at US, at UCLA, 95% of them are sexually active. Yeah. Stuff. Like, like ridiculous. So, <laughs> so when I saw this movie, I thought, wow, this guy's a fucking moron. This guy got into UCLA when I was 14. Oh. I, I was like, is UCLA like a shitty school that they let this guy in? Oh, but it turns out UCLA is like one of the best schools yeah. in the whole nation. I'm like, yeah. how the fuck did this guy get well, in? I'm, I'm, I assume this takes place in California. Mm-mm. It's not? It's somewhere on the East Coast because Preston's going to Ithaca. No, right. Preston, Preston's going to Dartmouth. Right. Which is Vermont. It's somewhere in New England. Yeah. Uh, so somebody's going to Ithaca. Denise Fleming yeah. is going to NYU, obviously New York. Right. Ithaca is also Mike Dexter, right. which is also New York, Although Up, upstate New York. There's also a branch of Ithaca out here in, in California. Yeah, but, I, but I'm pr- 100% sure that this is going to be uh, an East Coast school, somewhere, okay. somewhere around there, because he's taking a train to... Oh, that's is, true. Wait, is Preston taking a train to Dartmouth? Yeah. Uh, there you okay. go. You can't take a train from. That's true. That's, that's too true. long of a. That's, that's too long okay. of a trip. Even though the train station is Union Station, they filmed it there. Okay, which is out here, which right, is twenty five minutes away. And, and I they, think that's why you got confused. Also, the name of the school is Huntington. Uh, I think Hillview, Huntington yeah, something. something like that. So I, I just uh, in my brain, I assumed. Also, probably because I'm trying to get more to relate to my life as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so that was my little side tangent about Kenny Fisher. I was like, wow, this fucking idiot got into UCLA. I guess yeah. anybody can get into UCLA. Actually, you can't. Yeah. It's really fucking hard to get in there. Right. Eight, uh, Jester couldn't even get in there. Oh, boy. He applied. Is that right? And I kept telling him, try try, uh, try UC Santa Barbara. And he's like, I don't know. It's a party school. Then that's where he got up. Yeah. And then. By the way, it is a party school. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then uh, I remember when he got in, he's like, I got in. I was like, good job, dude. This is when we still work together. Oh, no, we didn't work. He left already, but I was still keeping in touch with him. Anyway, All right. I said, what about UC San Diego? And he goes, oh, shit. I completely forgot about them. <laughs> anyway, continue. Yeah. Story. But this, so, this is good exposition on yeah. how they give you their backgrounds. Absolutely. And it, it opens up at the graduation. Which, which is nice. There's, there's not a whole lot of origin stories of all these people. You, you kind of learn about them as the story progresses. So as, as far as character development goes, this movie did an amazing job, I think, mm-hmm. of, uh, describing who these people are, the characteristics, and what makes them who they are. Yes. In, in a, in a very not hit you over the head kind of way. Mm-hmm. So it opens up and, uh, they're, they're at the graduation and there's the rumor mill spreading around. Oh, Amanda Dexter, uh, she, she got dumped by, uh, by Mike Dexter mm-hmm. or Amanda Beckett. Beckett. Yeah. Got dumped by Dexter and, uh, there's, there's a huge party coming up. And I, I was like, those are the, the main things you need to worry about. The, 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 the head cheerleader got jumped, uh, dumped by the head jock. And there's also a giant party. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's the, that's the crux that's the of the That's the world you story. need to know. That's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. And they set it up really, really, really fun. And then you see Preston, uh, the first time you see him, you get the headshot of, uh, this is this guy, blah, blah, blah and he's, uh, Amanda Beckett's available? Holy shit. And his whole world has changed now. And, uh, he's got a friend, which is, which is kind of an outcast-ish kind of girl. Denise Fleming. Yeah. So she's, uh, not wanting to go to the party. She convinced him to go to the party. Uh, that were then introduced uh, to to William, uh, Will, William uh, Lichter, who oh, I didn't realize this is the kid from Hook. Yes, he is. I never realized Absolute that. Fucking Lulu. I never realized that. Maybe that's another reason why I liked it so much because uh, Hook was a big thing in my childhood. Okay, and then seeing this guy like, ah, run home, Jack. Jack, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Shmee, they have it backwards. Yeah, yeah. Run home, home run, Jack. Yeah, home run, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> 
So we, we get introduced to to William, who's the uh, he's 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 the nerd. He's he's the uh, he's the, been in every he's club, bullied. Yeah, every single club. Uh, his, his, and it was funny the way that they did his list of stats. Like these are his hobbies, and then they did a scroll text of like so many other hobbies. <laughs> like all right, so we get it. He's, he's in the German club. He's in the Latin yeah. club. And we're introduced right away. He hates Mike Dexter because Mike Dexter has made his life hell. Uh-huh. And his plan with his nerd friends, and we'll start with them. Might <laughs> <laughs> as well. <laughs> They, they, he's the way that he's explaining his background, telling his friends, "This is what the plan is." All the shit that he did to me uh, made it look like I pooped my pants. The uh, rainforest, me. Yeah, the rain's here no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. He's, he's so good. He's such a good character. Yeah, and he plays it so well. And his whole plan is: All right, we're going to go to this party. You two, my friends, my nerd friends. You're okay. Boba Fett and your Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. Why does he get to be Boba Fett? Okay, fine. You're Boba Fett and your yeah. Grand Moff Tarkin. Hey, I don't want to be Grand Moff Tarkin. All right, you're fine. Both kiss characters. Yeah, you're both <laughs> kissed <us. laughs> So the plan is they're going to go to the party. The two friends are going to sit on top of the pool house, wait for uh, William to get Mike Dexter and one of his other friends to come around the backside of the pool house. They're going to jump off the pool house uh, along with some chloroform that they made in chem lab, knock them out. <laughs> Take off their clothes, take pictures of them in uh, lurid poses, and ruin their lives. The same way his life was ruined. Exactly. But to a much bigger degree because yeah. oh it deals God. with the rest of the world. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. this is the head jock. You find out he's, he's like uh, super gay with his friend. That, that'll ruin his high school career, which is pretty much over anyway. But doesn't Wait, matter. how? Because the jock guy, is, he's the man man. He's the man's man. The ladies man. No, it turns out he's uh, banging out with the dudes. Ooh. I don't get it. All right. <laughs> it begins. You're trying to. All right. This is this is a great movie, Maestro. Let's uh, <laughs> uh, move forward. So that that's his plan. So he goes to the party. And like, what? If the, what there's going to be drinking there. William, what are you going to do if they drink? <laughs> <laughs> we'll all be drinking. <gasps> you can get drunk. <laughs> you could get addicted. <laughs> no, no, no. I I downloaded this thing off the internet. Yeah. Like the way he says internet. Because yeah. it's a new thing. Yeah. Semi new thing at the time. Yes. Uh, this will tell me exactly how many spirits I can have without impairing my judgment. Spirits. <laughs> yeah, she says that. I know. Yes. So good. So then uh, they move forward. And uh, so William is inside trying to mingle, uh, look normal. And he, he goes in. One of the first things he does, he gets to the, where the beer is in the keg in the, in the kitchen. Takes a big drink of the beer. Spits it out everywhere. Oh, my God. Nobody drank the beer. It's gone bad. <laughs> the beer has gone bad. <laughs> Of course, that's how beer tastes, mm-hmm. uh, which is another thing I learned when I first had beer. Like, wh- why do people drink this so much? <laughs> yeah, disgusting. Do you remember the first beer you ever had? What the brand was? It was a Bud Light. Mine was a Budweiser. Oh, which is worse. Ooh, yeah. for, for a first beer, Absolute, that's horrible. That's the worst. I was like, ugh. Really? Mine was Heineken. Yeah, that's a good choice. That, really? I didn't like no, it at all. That, that, that one has. I didn't even like Heineken until later on in my life. It yeah, was, it, I, I know, but like compared to Budweiser, like that's yeah. miles no, better Weiser's than mine. Worst, yeah, for sure. You win. You win the worst beer. That's angry beer, yeah. dude. Yeah, that's what, you, that's what you drink when you're mad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so he goes in. He's drinking the beer. He's trying to look uh, blend in. And then as the party starts kicking up, he's he's drinking too much. He he, he doesn't realize, I guess, the limits. Uh, it gets a hold of him. He ends up becoming a hit at the party because he starts dancing and being all crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he's he's drunk with some chicks, and he hears um a song come on, uh, take me down paradise, 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 paradise city. city, yeah, 
And he's like, oh, that's the kid I used to tutor. I used to sing that song all the time. <laughs> so he goes up. He starts doing karaoke. And it takes a while for the crowd to warm up. But eventually, he becomes a rock star god. And mm-hmm. everybody wants to be William. And uh, so he, it's, a, it's a nice little turn for him. He, he gets he gets popularity. He gets girls trying to make out with him. He gets flashed at one point. Passes out. And his <laughs> the joke is his two fucking friends are on the roof of the pool house. And yeah. they're saying the nerdiest shit to each other. They're like, look at that patch of the sky. That's totally definitely a patch for uh, intergalactic activity yeah or they're pretending to do the lightsaber battle right from empire yes where one guy loses his hand he's like no yeah. and he pushes him he goes hey luke doesn't push vader <laughs> well he should have he cut <laughs> off his hand <laughs> <laughs> oh there's another part where just just to just to kind of more solidify the fact that they're nerds while they're on the roof looking down at william they're like uh you look like a young Duchovny in from this lighting <laughs> X Files reference. Yeah, uh-huh. And as he walks away, trust no one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> S'more. And one of them's wearing a shirt that says "Trust no one." Oh, is that right? okay, yeah, perfect. I, I missed the shirt. But so he goes out to the party. He's getting more drunk. Mike Dexter is introduced. Him and his his jock friends are at some like restaurant. Yeah, eating. Yeah, and then they show his stat, his um, his accomplishments, and it's like varsity football, varsity baseball, varsity yeah. wrestling, homecoming king, and uh, all these things. And he's going to Ithaca. Right, which is which, which is funny, is because I listened to a podcast with this comedian John Gabris, who's like this really big like meathead. Okay, he went to Marist College, which is pretty much like a college like Ithaca, where's all these like meathead like jocks go. Oh, right. So ever since I've been listening to that podcast, I saw this movie and it said Ithaca, and I'm like, holy shit! Like that makes sense. I guess like all the the meatheads go there. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I have some uh, internet applications from people at Ithaca. Yeah, well, not not necessarily meatheads. A lot of them go there, but okay. Ithaca is just still. I see. Like, it's supposed to be like a private – I think it's supposed to be a liberal arts college. Why the fuck would Mike Dexter be going there? Anyway, it doesn't know. matter. It doesn't matter. And then we're introduced to Kenny. Yeah. Well, for, hold on. For, we oh, we yeah. got to set up Mike Dexter some more because oh, yeah, you sorry. need to understand why he's such an asshole. <laughs> the whole thing – he the reason he broke up with Amanda Beckett, the, 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 the hottest chick in the entire school, was because we're going to college soon. And you know what there's in college? Women. College women, they want to have sex all the time. Uh-huh. And there's so many of them, I'm going to have all of them. So – I'm the man right now, and you guys should dump your girlfriends. If you don't, then you're losers, too. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're idiots, too. Why, yes, dump our girlfriends, man. It's, oh, god damn it. It's just, it's, it perfectly embodies the, the, what I hated about these, this, that kind of person, which I've dealt with many times in my life. Mm-hmm. The, it, this guy that I don't understand why he's so popular because he's obviously such an idiot. And it just, and again, this is, this is, this is why I connected to this movie so, in so many different ways. Cause I, I know every, every character in this movie, I know somebody that fits that stereotype that I've been with it through my either junior high or high school career. And it just, ah, it just felt nice. It felt nice to see it all mm-hmm. play out. So then, yeah, so we switch over. Uh, and yeah, this is where we get, uh, Seth Green. Kenny Fisher. The, the comic relief of the entire movie. Because he's a he's a he's a white boy who thinks he's black, and, and he has two friends. Thinks he's a player. Yeah, he's got two wig of uh, wig of friends uh-huh. that are just like they're they're dressed like they think they're in the Wu Tang or uh-huh. something. And his first Kenny Fisher's first line is he's looking at a Playboy or something. He goes, "Yo, I got to get laid." Yeah, and it shows his his accomplishment and it says JV basketball and parentheses it says one, one game. game. <laughs> <laughs> and his quote. Because you know how you can throw like a high school quote yeah. out there? His quote is, picture me rolling, Tupac. Yeah, it's Tupac quote. And then it says, future plans, UCLA. Again, I'm like, what fucking college is <laughs> this guy in? Yeah, so him and his friends are in the, in the in a drugstore, like a, like a 7-Eleven or something. 
and there, and he's talking about how he's going to get so much pussy at this at this party, and he's going to get like it's going to be crazy, and like, well, how are you going to do that? And he opens up his backpack. He's got like a pleasure chest. The love kit. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's got he's got like French ticklers. He's got a candle. He's got a wait, bunch wait, of condoms. Wait, what's a French tickler? Uh, um, it is. It's it's like a um. You know how you used to dust shelves back in the olden days? Mm-hmm. It's one of those... Ye olden days? Yeah. It's like a bunch of feathers attached to a thing that you, that's to oh, up the... You mean a feather duster? Right. Exactly. It's that, except it's a smaller... Comp- you know what it is. You're just trying to... You're an ass. It's meant to cause uh, pleasure. It's a uh, very light sensations to things. Anyway. And he's, apparently he's got a book of Kama Sutra in there as well. He's, 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 got this, he's got a whole kit in his backpack that he thinks is just going to be like... As, as soon as he gets laid, I feel like his entire outfit is made out of plastic or some sort of like nylon. It is perfect. His, his outfit is so fucking perfect mm-hmm. because th- this guy is an embodiment <laughs> of everything that he thinks is cool. So if he sees anybody that looks like they're doing something cool, he takes that, makes it part of his thing. He's got fucking dreadlocks, I think, and yes. a couple couple pieces of his hair yeah. are, are dreadlocked out. His well, goggles, yeah. on his forehead. That yes. that does make a lot of sense because, like in high school, that's pretty much what you do. You're collecting different aspects of other things you see and collect linking mm-hmm. them to your own. Yes, but in the, in this guy's case, it's to the level of desperation where it's like everything that looks cool, anything that might be cool, that's part of his ensemble now, and that's part of his the way he talks. Even it's just it's it's he's he's, he's perfectly hateable. Because he's just, he's, he's such a, just like, you're so fake. You're so fake. But it's, 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 ah. Uh, all of the acting is amazing. <laughs> he, Seth Green does a great job at playing this character. Yeah. He does. Absolutely. So we get to him, and he, then he, as soon as he gets in the party, he's like, all like, yo, what's up? <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And his friends are all being all weird and crazy too. And uh-huh. his friends are kind of like not believing that he's going to get laid. But I don't, I, don't know, I don't know why they're friends even, but these guys are all, they're also fake that they're just like in the same fake party. Well, they have the same ideals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's I'm just, just blending in and like, uh, it's like, it reminds me of that, um, <laughs> shit, there was a movie where there was, uh, some white kid that was all Asian out. He was like, uh, he had like a, a, a Japanese bandana on it at some point even because he thought Quite he was, a kid. No. <laughs> I think you were thinking of not another teen movie. Oh no. Which was a parody. That character was a parody of this guy. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Oh. I hate that I reference that movie. Well, you Anna sh- Ferris is pretty good. Wow. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so they, they get to the party, and his whole thing is he's just trying to get laid. And he's walking around, and he's obviously doesn't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's at one point dance, doing the robot in the mirror, pr- pretending to do dance moves. And then he's like pretty much like almost given up hope of this whole thing. And then he overhears these two girls behind him talking about this one girl got cheated on. And I'm gonna get even with my boyfriend, and I'm just gonna sleep with somebody at the party. Next guy that talks to me, I'm just, I'm, I'm just gonna. That's it. And then he, out of excitement, he just falls out of his chair into their conversation, like, "Oh, hey, yo, what's up, baby? Yeah. Are you crying? Oh, baby, please <laughs> tell me you ain't crying. <laughs> An angel as beautiful as you should not be cried, yeah. sweetie. It breaks my heart to <laughs> see you this way. You tell me what a special cake can do to make you all better. <laughs> special cake. <laughs> Special K, by the way, is a street term for a uh, horse tranquilizer. Mm. It's a drug. Oh, I thought it was a special K was for Kellogg's. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's true. Yeah. But uh, so she's like, all right, yeah, let's do that. He goes up to the bathroom to get prepped. She goes, he'll do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that Asian girl, she's she's like, "Ah, I guess he'll do. Yeah. So he tells the the girl who runs the, not who runs the party, whose house. 
that this party's house. at. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she tells him, okay, you can go use the bathroom upstairs. But she says, but don't close the door all the way. It gets jammed or something. Yeah, but he doesn't hear it. He's already yeah. halfway up the stairs. Mm-hmm. He gets in there. He's uh, thinking, so do I put the condom on now or do I put it on later? Ah, later. I better double bag this shit. I know where that bitch has been. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So at this point, he's in the bathroom reading Kama Sutra, practicing poses or there's different uh-huh. positions. Like what? This, these are all things that should have been a pre-party. Yeah. Uh, but it, it just shows what a douchebag he is. Also. Or how insecure and how unready yeah. he is for this. Yeah. He's, he's a virgin and right. he wants to do Kama Sutra shit. Right. Was, he, he's thinking, this is my first time. I'm ready <laughs> for every situation possible. And it, that's his backpack is all, everything. Mm-hmm. And Denise Fleming comes in because someone threw like a weed brownie and it got stuck in her hair. Yeah. So she get, goes up to the bathroom. Right. By the way, she got convinced to come to the party by Preston, which we'll get to later. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so she, save that yeah, so she goes upstairs and, uh, walks in. Well, okay. okay because <laughs> hold on. So, so Kenny is in the bathroom practicing poses. He, special K, dude. Special K. special K. He manages to like, uh, spill some liquid on his pants uh-huh. and she doesn't want, he doesn't want the girl to think he came prematurely. <laughs> so he's sitting there try, with a blow dryer trying to like dry it off while also doing weird thrusting motions. And this is when Denise walks in and like, what? What am I walking into? She freaks out. They close the door. They can't get it out. Door knob pops off. Uh huh. And now they and they're like, no. Yeah. And uh, and this this was a good shot of uh, cinematography here, mm-hmm. where it shows them yelling, and the camera like backs out from where they are to the party, and the, the noise fades slowly. So in other words, nobody's going to hear you. Yep. So it's just that 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 was impressive to me. And while locked in there, you, f- you find out they have a history. They used to grow up. T- they used to grow up. T- they were friends. Yeah. They grew up together. They would. Uh, she would either go to his house or he would go to her house all the time. Right. But then, as they got older, they just separated. Yeah. He got too cool. Yeah. He he, he started embracing quote the, unquote be- cool. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He started embracing the I want to be cool lifestyle and left Denise behind. And uh, they used to be really close, apparently, and whatnot. And they start having a real like heart to heart moment where mm-hmm. they start letting their guards down to each other. By the way, Denise is not interested in anything at this point. She's just like, I just can't get wait to get the fuck out of here. Yes. High school is the worst. I hate everything about it. Uh-huh. I can't wait to put this all behind me. And Kenny's just, uh, he starts, they start relating and remembering the good old days and reverting back to their old personalities when they were friends. And now Kenny, he's not talking like he, how he normally is. Right. Like she's getting him to talk normal. Yeah. And he's like, I don't always talk like that. Yeah. <laughs> he drops the accent. Yep. And uh, they start uh, making fun of each other's clothing, and so they start removing the clothing as they're being made fun of. Those shoes are made for orth- or- orthopedic functions, um, and his shoes are made for space travel. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you have a mission to the mood later? Yeah. That's what she tells him. <laughs> so little by little, they start disrobing, and then all, all of a sudden, he goes to kiss her, and she's like pleasantly surprised, I would mm-hmm. say. And he's kind of like, oh, I just fucked up. And then she goes in, and they start going at it. And we find out that she has been with one other person before in her life. He's a virgin. And uh, they eventually have sex. And yeah. uh, afterwards... It was really fast. Real fast. <laughs> and uh, it was real awkward. Uh-huh. And uh, she goes like, well, it, I mean, it gets better. I mean, maybe next time you'll, you'll last longer. And, and then he goes, he reverts as a defensive mechanism. Uh-huh. Uh, just back to his douchebag. Why well, do you know it's not, not your fault? Yeah. Because with one guy? Were you an expert? Yeah. Yeah. I could have gotten all kind of ladies up here with yeah. special K. Yeah. Like he's a some fucking yeah. stupid ass life. Baby, like it's that. not your fault you like the flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> what he calls his brand, what he, what, his label for mojo is flavor or flavor. 
So his whole thing is, uh, you, you couldn't handle the flavor. It's not oh, your fault. Okay. You like the flavor. That's his go. whole thing. Like, yeah, you like what you wanted. Yeah, you, baby. <laughs> oh, this hurts my head. Pushback mode again. <laughs> and uh, so then they storm off. The owner of the house comes in. Yeah, and then that's how they get out. Yeah, this is this is by the end of the party already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then uh, she's pissed because he went back to douchebag mode. Uh, she starts walking home. He's driving a suburban, which is perfect. <laughs> was it was it an Escalade? No, no, no. I don't oh. think Escalade is there at that time. Did they? Yeah, they probably did. Okay, maybe well, I don't know. I don't know cars. But he's got a suburban because he's a very small guy. Uh, so he's got a <laughs> very big car. <laughs> so it's just yeah. like, of course you're driving a suburban. It's amazing. And uh, he apologizes. They make up, and um, that's their their story is pretty much done until we get to the end. Right, the recap with the resolutions. Yeah. Who else we got? In here? Mike Dexter's story. Mike so Dexter. none of his friends want to break up with their girlfriends yes. because uh, they all they're all like making out and stuff. And he's like, "Bro, are yeah. you gonna do it?" And they're like, oh. "Her parents are out of town, and they have a mirror above the bed." Yes, <laughs> like, so be like, eh, 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 just in weird poses. And Quagmire. Like, that guy. Yeah. He was in uh, Planet Terror. Yes, he was. Yep. He was the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He reminds me a lot of uh, Leguizamo. He had a, le- yes, Leguizamo. He had a lot of Leguizamo in him. Yeah, absolutely. So they're like, so he's not going to break up. What about the, the other guy? They're going to Pro, was Pearl it Pearl Jam, Jam or Radiohead yeah. or yeah, something? Yeah, they got a Pearl Jam concert coming up. Oh, man. When like, is it? September? Yeah. September. <laughs> We're giving up the whole summer. Because the whole plan is the entire summer, they're going to go out and just get laid all the time. Uh-huh. And then when they get to college, yeah. more, getting, more laid. getting laid. Yeah. So now he's putting Dexter's plan back by, by two months. And Dexter's not happy about it because, well, they got chicks now and they're, they're hooking up at this party and he's not. So I think he's starting to feel that a little bit. Yeah. A little lonely, yes. Yeah. So he's pissed at them. He, uh, Dexter ends up going outside and, uh, he meets up with, uh, <laughs> Jerry uh, O'Connell. Jer- this is great. This is, this is, this, this thing made me so happy when I was watching it just because. Because I remember we watched Piranha, and you were like, "This is his character yes. from Can't Hardly Wait, grown up, exactly as like a porn producer." It's perfect. Uh-huh. It's, because now we now Dexter gets the reality call of, "Hey, uh, turns out I was like you. I was you. I thought I was gonna get all all the chicks in in college, and uh, they all care about like politics and the environment, and learning and shit. <laughs> yeah. Like like these girls, they go out with pre med seniors and." He goes, I'm, I'm a freshman in college. I can't even get a number. And he's like, yeah, but you're, you're fucking Jerry O'Connell. What the yeah. fuck his name is? He's like, not the same, bro. You were still with that little Amanda hottie. I'd hold on to her. Yeah. She was a looker. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. And he's like, yeah, she was. Are you guys still together? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. We're still together. And at this point, he, com- he has this come to Jesus moment. He's like, all right. I fucked up. He goes back in the party. Amanda. <laughs> he's all drunk. Mm-hmm. And, uh, now uh, Amanda's there, and he's like, uh, he starts talking to her like, so I think um, maybe we should uh, give this another shot. And she's not having it. She's nope. she's already she's already hit her breaking point. Yep. And uh, yeah, because at this at the same time, oh, well, no, the, we can still save theirs for last. We just okay. Know that Amanda's at the party. Yeah. Well, no, but the, but the whole thing is Amanda gets to the party, and this this moment, this this is when I fell in love with Jennifer Love Hewitt. Okay. She walks in. The way they, the way they did the camera or something and it comes in on her is like, oh my God. She's, she's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life. The and crowd stops. Yeah. Everything stops and they're like, I can't believe she's here after they broke up and, uh, she comes over to say hi and Dexter's being a dick. So she goes outside. The girls follow her outside and they start 
doing girl talk. They're like, hey, you're fine. Everything's cool. It's, um, I mean, he thinks he's Brad Pitt and, uh, you're somebody else, but he's, you're Gwyneth. He's, you're Gwyneth. He, mm-hmm. uh, you're so much prettier, so much hotter and bigger boobs yeah. and, uh, <laughs> totally bigger boobs. Yeah. And he's, and he is no Brad Pitt. Like not even 12 monkeys, Brad. Not Pitt. even 12 monkeys, Brad, where he had that like lazy, nasty eye. Yeah. And, and then uh, when she, when Jennifer Love Hughes, it, when Jay Love leaves, they're yeah. like, she's totally not Gwyneth. Yeah. <laughs> Such bitches. Yeah. See, and again, everything that even crystallizes the, the way that I viewed those chicks in my high school too, or in junior high. It's like, yes, they're all fake. They're all fake. Mm-hmm. And it's upsetting. And, but somehow, I guess she used to be part of this crew, but now she's not. Once, I guess the breakup opened up things in her mind to realize that, uh, him and his friends are assholes. Her friends are all assholes. And she's pretty much over the entire scene. Yeah, because <coughs> one of them says, I can't believe you're not with the hottest guy in school. And she goes, mm-hmm, and school's over. Yeah, exactly. Bam! That was that was a mic drop moment. Uh-huh. It was amazing. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. So, so now he comes back in. He's like, hey, I want you back. And uh, she's, you're drunk. You're being crazy. This uh-huh. is, we're, we're, we're over. And then now he goes back into his douchebag mode. And like, wait, hold on. You're saying you don't want me to take you back? Well, what are you going to do now? Amanda. <laughs> so perfect. It's perfect for that stereotype mm-hmm. person. Who's going to love you now? And she has yeah, she has the bo- letter that your boy found. Prescott's letter, which we'll get to. Yeah. We're going to save the story for last. Yeah. She goes, someone will. Yeah. And then uh, everybody starts hitting on her. And then... Again, yeah. we'll get Why to the Prescott story. Why don't you let me turn that frown upside down? Yeah. So this is one guy that he, the, the entire movie, I thought he was an adorable character. The the, the black dude, the oh, friend of Preston, tells stories. Yeah, he tells stories, and uh, it's like, so I remember that one time we were in college, and like, I just had this hugest boner. So I mean, you want to work something out? It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, what happened to you? <laughs> he, he was adorable for the first half of the movie, and then he just became an asshole. Because you remember this one time? Yeah. But so that that ends that storyline pretty much. Or we'll get back. Yeah, because yeah, we got to get back to her for the for for your boys. Yeah. But back to Mike Dexter. He's all drunk and um, w- William. Yeah, William. William sees him in the in the piano room. Yeah. So this is this, this is the point after William has has done his his uh, crowd surfing from the uh, Paradise City song. So mm-hmm. he's on top of the world already, and he's starting to remember. Oh wait, I gotta get Dexter outside still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this now they meet up again, and. Dexter is like in a room by himself and William comes out. Hey, William. <laughs> or hey, Dexter, Mike, we gotta go outside. There's like, there's like these chicks. There's two chicks and they're, they're triplets. <laughs> and they're, they're, <laughs> I, I laughed when I heard that, but <laughs> yeah. I watched it this last time. Yes. And they're like doing things and they want you to watch them. They just, they just want you to, cause he's drunk as hell. Yeah. They just want you to watch them. Like, so come out with me. And, uh, Dexter has a breakdown moment. He's like, nobody likes me. Somebody in there called me a fag. Yeah. I'm a loser, man. And as, as soon as that they enter the room, very subtly in the background, you can hear Boyce the Men playing. Mm-hmm. I'll make love to you. And then, I'll make love to you. And, then, and that's with the hug. Yeah. So Dexter's starting to break down, and he goes to hug William. And at that moment, the music crescendos. And you just hear, make, it's like, awesome. It's just, it's, it's perfect comedy. Uh-huh. It was great. And so now Mike Dexter confesses to William, like, "Hey, man, I'm sorry. Yes. I, I, I didn't mean to be such a bully to you." Yeah, it's like, remember that one time where you had to make an important speech, and I tripped you, and everybody laughed. I'm sorry, man. I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> like, when was that again? Yeah, that like, was Asian history. Don't worry about it. Yeah. When was that, by the way? <laughs> that was 
Early during graduation. That was this morning at the graduation. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Now they go outside. Yeah. So now the cops show up. Oh yeah, the cops raid the party. Yeah, cops raid the party and like, oh, we gotta get out of here, Mike. Let's get out of here. So they're running out the back, and he's like, "Come on, go this way to the pool room or to the pool to house." Pool house. And like, all right, let's go pool house. Oh shit, the pool house. <laughs> oh no, Mike, wait. <laughs> and at this point, Dexter's calling him Billy or Willie instead of William. Uh-huh. So so his friends on the roof don't know that that's William. That that's William. No, he's calling him Billy. Yeah, it's yeah. Billy. Yeah. So they jump down, chloroform him. Take them off. Take them pictures. Uh-huh. They got some, uh, what are the ho-hos? Yeah. <laughs> the, my, my favorite part is how they take off from the, the shed and they jump on them. Yeah. It's like one's, one, one goes like, Aye! on the way in. Like... <laughs> so they start taking pictures. Then they, uh, they realize after, after they disrobe them and put like outfits on them and the whole thing with the ding dong, they use their flashlights. Yeah. They found the flashlights. They got dropped earlier during the, uh, the, oh, the Star Wars, the Star Wars, uh, scene. scene. And realize that's William. Like, oh, William. <laughs> what have we done? And the, but the cops are coming, so meh, see ya. We'll get out of here. So the cops are like, let's take these, let's book these sickos. Yeah. And that ends that storyline until we find out what happens at the yeah. the next day. Right. So now, you, the the story you want to save for last, Adam? Yes. Preston. So he they tell the history of him and amanda yeah. which i like this flashback story yeah it's it's good exposition because while it's happening you know it's happened before yeah but it's it's told in a way like yeah of course he's this is the story he's gonna retell over and over again mm-hmm. and the friend is sick of hearing it like so amanda beckett is single on the day of graduation and this is the last time i'm gonna see her this is this is fate we gotta go we gotta go see yeah, her. his whole thing is fate throughout the whole movie yeah there's signs why is this barry manilow song on right it's about a girl named mandy Be- amanda because the first time he saw her he it was the first day he ever missed the bus so he had to get a ride to school so he kept school late when he got to school that's when amanda showed up and he saw her and was like wow the clouds parted and everything mm-hmm. and big 80s bit yeah and then she sits down in the classroom where right next to him all right. Still he's, e- he's eating a pop tart. Yeah, still She's eating a pop tart. Yeah, both eating the same pop tart. Now it's fate. And then there's and and this is another part that I can relate to in, on such a deep and visceral level. That all right. So who wants to show Amanda around? And he goes to raise his hand. And he has a second of hesitation, a split second, and that is the end of it. <laughs> Mike Dexter, I'll show her around. Boom, they're together for the rest of the high school life. Uh-huh. And so he missed his entire opportunity off a half a second hesitation. It was like. God damn it. Isn't that what it kind of says? Is like, it's not about like fate. It's about like what you do with it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that comes, that comes a little bit later, but it's, it's the same. It's, but I, there's so many times in my life where I felt like if I would have taken that one opportunity, mm-hmm. so much would be different. And it just was like, and it, it would eat at me for a very long period of time. Really? Like what? I don't want to go into it. <laughs> uh, but let's just say that I had a pop star in high school one time. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> no. I heard that's actually bad for you. <laughs> no, but it, it's just. It's just Preston pretty much embodied all the things that I was feeling at some point in my life, and this is why I related to the movie so much. And then it, we we end the flashback, come forward. Now she's single. We're gonna go to the party. They get to the party outside, and they're listening in the car. Barry Manilow comes on, and he's singing Mandy, which oh Mandy, yeah, which is don't a, forget the angel, yeah. We're getting there. Oh, we're, we're, we're getting there. there. But, that's, that's my favorite part. Yeah, but Mandy's an, a nickname for for Amanda, which uh, my sister hates. If everybody calls her Mandy, she gets pissed. <coughs> did Did you ever call her Amanda after seeing this movie? Yeah. Okay. Well, it, but uh, the way I did it was a much more clever way back when I was younger and stupider. It was um, 
That's my sister, but she's a man. Duh. <laughs> okay. Well, hold on a second. Hey, come again. <laughs> like, this was a much more clever way to saying it when I was dumber and stupider. Yes. At that time, I thought I was the cleverest thing on the planet to think ah, about. Ah, okay. That makes yeah. more sense now. Because I was like, what? Yeah. But anyway. But then my whole thing was madam. The letter? So she got back at me. <laughs> madam, madam. Anyway. He wrote a letter? Yeah. Yeah. So he has a letter that he wrote to her from way back in the day that he said, I'm finally going to give it to her. And he keeps revising it. Yeah. It's been revised so well. He doesn't even know what's in there anymore. Right. Exactly. So his plan is, I'm going to go to the party and give the letter. She's going to read it. We're going to fall in love. And right after the sunset together. He gets to the party. And uh, Amanda's kind of in this fragile state. So there's this guy there that apparently is her, is her cousin through marriage. Yeah. They're not blood related. Yeah. And he's been in things too, right? I've yeah. Seen, he, he's been in different things. I recognize that I guy. Just, I, don't, I don't. Off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you what he's in. Yeah. But he's been in stuff. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so so <laughs> yeah. he's he's going to like console Amanda. Like, so I heard about you and Dexter. And um, I, I, I never saw you together. You, you're amazing. And blah, blah, blah. And... She's like kind of opening up a little bit, finally getting some sort of semblance of of uh, human interaction outside of this whole high school bullshit drama things. Mm-hmm. And then he goes in to kiss her. <laughs> At the same moment, the person walks up, sees her making out with somebody else, and mm-hmm. thinks, "Well, blew my shot again." There's the end of it. I hesitated yet again. My life is over. So he leaves the party. He goes out. He's sitting in some sort of drive-through, looks like a Sonic burger or something, mm-hmm. and uh. He's listening, and he's like, "I don't get it. Why would they play Mandy?" Yeah, like, I thought it was, it was a sign. Fate. And then on the radio, it goes to celebrate Barry Badalow's birthday. We're playing twenty-four hours of Barry Badalow. Yeah. He's like, "Great, we're playing Mandy every hour on the hour." And later on tonight, we're going to have Barry Badalow himself, the man himself that writes the music. If you want to come talk to him, calls up, and he's like, "Oh, this is my chance to find out what the what the what." Because uh, uh, Denise, Denise Fleming thought it was about a dog. Yeah, which there's still speculation about that. I'm not sure if it's true or not. I don't think it's been actually revealed. Yeah, because in the movie, he never really got the chance, did he? Yeah. Right. Because you're Angel, who's coming up. Right. So he gets on the cell phone, or he gets on the payphone, puts in some quarters, I guess, calls in the radio station. You're he on hold for Barry. Through. Yeah. You're next up. So what do you? What question do you have for Barry? And at this point, this is where the Angel wops up. It's Jenna Elfman from Dharma and Greg. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Jenna Elfman, man. Awesome. So good. So yeah, so she's um she comes up and she's knocking the door. Hey, I need to make a phone call. And then uh, he, he she hears, oh is this is this KLSX or whatever yeah. radio station? You're on the phone with the radio station and hangs up the phone right as the moment he's about to talk. Yeah, to Yeah, he's Manilow. about to ask questions. Like, yeah. uh, okay, it, Barry Manilow, when you wrote Mandy, what? she's like, what? And click, click. yeah, which is the most dick fucking move in dick. the world. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> So she kicks him out of the phone booth. It's like the Superman phone booth that you have to slide yep. for him to change. Yeah. And then she goes in. She goes, hi, can I get a cab? Yeah. Or tow? Was it tow or cab? It was, it was a cab. cab. I need, I need a taxi go. at this place. Uh, I'm dressed like an angel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, all right. Gets out of the phone booth and he's, Preston's pissed. Like, you just ruined my chance to talk to Ray Manilow. <laughs> and, uh, and he, he kind of, they kind of go into the whole story of like, what, uh, I, I was so close to this one thing and she confides in him about, she has a thing for Scott Bayo. And uh, sometimes, and her whole her whole thing in life. You want to talk about this, Maestro? Not really. Her concept of life. <laughs> All right. Her concept of life is that uh, fate does exist. Because he, he was saying like, I don't think fate exists. It's it's bullshit. I mean, I thought it did, but it turns out it doesn't work out. And she's like, you know what? I what I've learned out of all my years is that fate does exist, but it only takes you so far. It's up to you to make the final move. Which at the time, hearing that as 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 a child, I was like that. 
waterworks. I was like, fuck. That's true, man. That's not true. That's uh-huh. not true. Even even now, I still believe that to be, to be true. Really? To, to, to a certain point. That, I mean, I, I don't believe that everything is preordained, but I do think that you need to make things happen for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that was a big lesson. I, that became part of my... <laughs> Part of my mantra for a long period of time and part of my frame of thought that fate will get you to a certain point, you need to pull the trigger. It's like, it's the whole thing. You lead a horse to water, can't make him drink. It's, it's that whole kind of mantra. What? Uh-oh. You never heard that? Uh-oh. The whole bit about like leading your horse to water, can't make him drink? You never heard that phrase? I know that phrase, but okay. I don't think how it makes sense. It's the same kind of concept. How? You, you can take somebody all the way to do the right thing, but ultimately it's up to them to do the right thing. Yeah? That's what this is. No, it's not. How? <laughs> okay. So if you look at it this way, the whole point about the leading the horse to water is because basically you can't make him do what you want him to do. That's right. the whole point. Now, if you were to context <laughs> what you're talking about with fate, it's the exact opposite. It's a complete turnaround. It's a 180. You're not talking as yourself. You're talking as fate. So basically what you're saying is if you were fate, you can make people, you can try to make people do something. But ultimately, you're, it's not your power. Yes. In so this, basically, fate has nothing to do with in it. In this situation, we are the horses. Fate is taking us to the water. But what if it, I don't want water? I want to hunt grass. That's the whole point of the analogy. I don't see it. <laughs> fate is leading us to water. If we drink it or not, it's up to us. So, in the, it, so, so well, if that's the case, then all it's doing is just giving you an option. Yes. So it's not fate. It's chance. No, fate is taking you to a certain place <clears throat> to give you the option to do something. That's not fate. That's chance. It's, I think we're saying the same exact thing. No. For no, reason no, no. No, chance revolves around the idea of you having the chance to do something different. Yeah. Fate means it's ordained. Fate means it no, happens regardless. Fate takes you so far. Then it's up to you to make the choice. Which means what? That fate isn't all, all powerful, all like knowing, all like that. Yes, fate is not all knowing. That's what. That's the whole point of this whole thing is. So what's, the, you, what's the definition of fate then? Fate only takes you so far. That's what. No, that's not good. That's not what it's about. Fate's definition doesn't mean that. Fate, the development of events beyond a person's control, regarded as determined by supernatural power. Example: Booyah. Fate decided his course for him. See, but what Adam's saying is. Not everything in life is predetermined. There's certain things that are kind of predetermined-ish. Yes. But ultimately, you're the person who has to get well, there. If that's the case, then fate doesn't exist. All right, Master. Let me put this down for you in a different terminology. <coughs> Maybe you'll understand. There are certain points in time that oh are Oh, my God. Do not point this bit on me with yes, Doctor Who. This is oh, Dr. God. Who, bro. This is Doctor Who. Some points in time are fixed. Some, there's some leeway. That's what this is about. Those points that have leeway. That things come to this certain point, and then a choice has to be made in order to further along whatever else is happening. So basically what this is is just alternate timelines. That's all it is. Right. So basically, it takes you to a certain point, make a choice, timeline will shift based on the choice at that moment. So what you're telling me is what fate is, is just basically those points where ter- two different timelines coexist. Yes. It, it, it is the fork in the road. The fork in the road. Yeah. I feel like the definition and the terminology behind what you're using is completely different. Because you're saying like, you have a choice with fate, right? 
But fate is gives you no control. So how is that possible it's, when you have a choice with no control? It's the same thing as time. Time there's some things that are fixed point in time, some things are not. So in this instance, some fate is a fixed fate in time and <laughs> other things are not fixed. I want to go back in time with this conversation ever happened. I agree. The point is the angel had it right. I think the angel had it right. The angel the angel had the a angel, fake halo and was smoking a cigarette. Yes, the angel slash stripper had it right. <laughs> she was a stripper? Yeah. yeah. Oh. You didn't hear the line? How about having a bunch of gre- uh, drunk guys grabbing her ass all night? Yeah, something like that. I thought that was just her at a party. I yeah. had no idea. Well, anyway. Preston now. Fate doesn't exist. Yeah. Preston is now excited again. Reinvigorated so in his cause. So he's going to drive back to the party. Yes. And now, before he gets there, this is when Mike yeah. and her... Mike and Amanda have the, have the whole, exchange. Right. But now, her storyline is now every guy in school is hitting on her. Right. Hey, Amanda, do you want to go to my van and oh, make wait. out? By the way, hold yeah. on. Very important. Before uh-huh. this happened. Uh, oh, she got the letter. She got the letter. So Preston was trying to talk to her. Once he saw her make out with the other dude... With the cousin. With the cousin. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> He gets the letter, throws it in the trash. There's a series of events, kind of like a Rube Goldberg machine. <laughs> that? No, 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 no. No, that, no. See, that part right there, that was fake. This, see, if you can believe in the Goonies, Rube Goldberg machines making sense, this has to make sense. How? Because the letter's by the trash can. Yes. These, these are all very probable events happening. A keg rolls by. Picks up no, the no, the tr- it falls it, uh, on gum. The girl's yes. shoe picks it up, and it go- that takes it in the house. Right. So there's gum on the letter, making it stick to the keg, taking, rolling it into the house, getting flipped in different places, lands in a bowl. Oh no! It. it lands on that on that like old school uh, a phonograph phonograph yeah. that the that the uh, Kenny's crew is like scratching like yep. a, like a DJ, <laughs> and that's what causes it to spin yeah. to fly into the bowl where she reads it. Right. Now, she, granted. And, Little far fetched, but uh-huh. I will accept it. <laughs> it was almost like the Final Destination movies, yes. where like, where like death is like pushes a bowling ball, which pushes this, which causes a box of nails to fall, which turns the oven on, like, like, yeah. it, like it's like that sequence right. of events. So at this point, that's fine. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And as crazy as that was, I'll accept it. And she's trying to figure out who Preston is. Yeah. So she, so she's going around. Do you know who Preston is? And this is where we get Jason Siegel. Outside. Yes, with the water belly. <laughs> oh no, he's just like a tall dude, and he yeah. wears he wears a shirt. I mean, he's kind of tall, and uh, you know he has hair. He likes to wear shirts a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I like the girl with the scissors. Oh yes, right. Someone as popular and pretty as you wouldn't know a, a yeah. soul as as sweet as Preston because you're all shape. Yeah, you are all shape. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, yeah. That's that's her. Yeah. That's so her so she reads the letter and falls in love with the letter. Now she's trying to find out who Preston is. And then while she's doing this, this is when the Dexter scene happens. And now everybody's like, "Hey, so you want to go, go to my, my car? Yeah. yeah, and blah blah blah." And you get the black guy. Yeah. Hey, man, remember that time we were really yeah. at the? And she has like a smile on her face, like, "Oh, thank God, he's not trying to hit on me." Well, yeah. I had a real big boater, right? I'm like ah. So she's fed up. She walks out, and Preston meets her. Like, oh, Amanda, Amanda. And then he freaks out and he runs over to her and he's like, uh, th- th- we, we had a pop tart, uh, back in the, the, the in freshman year. And, and then she, but it's like, the, but it's him. like the wording. No, no, it's the wording. 
Yeah. He, he says, we have this unspoken connection. And, and, and she, it, she's yeah. like staring at him like, is this him? Like, Yeah, but then he says, like, if we can just go somewhere and talk. Yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow. Yeah. And if we could just go somewhere. And she's like, you know what? That's enough. Yeah. Because you got you got from her perspective, yeah, the way yeah, yeah. he phrased that is like, uh-huh. yeah, you want to come to my van? That's pretty much what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. This is our last chance to bone out. So she just freaks out and lets out all the frustrations on everybody else in the entire school on him. Like, I'm so sick of this because you, you have some fantasy, some fantasy you've been jerking off to for the past four years or something. Because we, no, she says something like, I've been, I haven't even been single five minutes and you think that just because I'm this heartbroken thing, I'll sleep with you. Yeah. And you think just because we had some, some connection years ago, that's, then, yeah, that you know, you've been drooling over. Yeah. You've been drooling about yeah. it forever. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Is, uh, he calls him an asshole or yeah. something. And he's just like, oh, heartbroken. <laughs> yeah. And then she storms off and he's like, he's, he, he leaves. Mm-hmm. And then on her way out, she uh, runs into a legally blonde chick. No, the, no, that's not legally Sabrina? blonde. Yeah, Sabrina. Okay. The teenage witch. Sabrina. They have similar looks. Yeah. And, uh, sign my yearbook, sign my yearbook. That's been the, yeah. her thing the entire time. She goes, looks oppressed in, realizes, oh, shit. That was him. And then what's she say? Oh. Oh, no? No. What? What'd she say? Oh, shit. That's exactly what you just said. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she's running through the party trying to find him. At this point, he's gone. And then the cops show up. And this is where the cops show up and um, break up the party. So that was the aftermath. Yep. So the aftermath is Preston can't sleep. She's taking down, like, photos and everything from her, from her, uh, what is that called? High school life. Vanity. Vanity. Yeah. So now it's the next day. William is wake is waking up by the sound of like bars because yes. he's in jail, and the cop comes in and he says, uh, "Your parents are here to pick you up, William." And he goes, "Oh my God, does my dad have yeah. like are a, they pissed? a, a weapon?" A, a and he's like doing a gun motion, <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "No, according to Mike Dexter, it's not it's not your fault that Mike Dexter got you drunk and forced you yeah, to force no, you to drink. He beat, beat you up. up and forced you to drink and yeah. get drunk." And William's like, oh, yeah, that did happen. Yeah, that, I'm just surprised he <laughs> owned up to it finally after all those years of uh, picking on me. Uh-huh. And uh, so he gets off scot-free. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to we – go, we go to – Now we're at the diner. Yeah. And then Denise tells uh, – what's his name? Seth. Ethan Embry. No. Preston? Preston. Yeah. That, they, that she hooked up with Kenny. Yeah. And, and he's Preston's like, got the like, what? <laughs> yeah. You did Kenny? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, and she's just like kind of like I know half disgusted with herself, but like eh, I guess we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Like so, what happened with Amanda? You give the letter. I did, and nah. She's guess, like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess uh, fate doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. So mm-hmm. whatever. Screw it. I'm going to go catch my train. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they hug, and he's like, I guess I'll. Will you oh, invite me way, to your wedding? By the way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they have these freeze frames where they do the whole thing that movies do from time uh-huh. to time. Yeah. Of like, where are they now? Yeah. And uh, doesn't that happen afterwards? Yeah, I was about to get to him when we, oh, okay. when we got Sorry. there. All right. yeah. We'll get to Sorry. that. So he leaves. He goes to the train station then. I know you want to save them for last because yeah. that's the last scene. Absolutely. Yeah. So Denise goes into the diner with Kenny, who's drinking like a hot cocoa with whipped cream. Yeah. And they're sitting next to each other all awkward. And then the... What you said, the Captain. text comes up, yeah. and it says, five minutes later, Denise broke up with Kenny, yeah. and then they unfreezes, and uh, they're kind of looking at each other like, hey, like awkwardly, and then it says, but 10 minutes later, they found a bathroom, and they got back together. Yeah. And then in the same diner, William walks in. And Mike Dexter and his crew are there, and he's still trying to convince them, bro, you got to break up with the girlfriend. They're like, you know what? Maybe we will. Yeah. 
And William walks in. He's like, dude, Mike, thank you so much. <laughs> I, I didn't get a chance to thank you for all those things you said to and the cops. And he tries to sit next to him. He's like, whoa. Yeah, whoa. What are you doing, nerd? Who said you could sit here? And his friends are like, yeah, are you going to go home and play with your computer? <laughs> yeah. Like uh, and he, he does the he whole, calls him Urkel. Yeah, he does the four fingers thing. Or, and uh, then the freeze glasses. frame. And then um, it shows William walking out. Freeze frame on William. And then I got it right here. William Perfect. becomes one of the most popular students at Harvard. He formed his own computer company that has made him that's uh, worth over forty million dollars, and he's dating a supermodel. Yeah. Now Come back I, don't, to I don't think they I don't think they realize how big the internet would be. You might want to take that zero and substitute the M with a B. Yeah, absolutely. So it's probably four billion. Absolutely. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So then it goes to Mike Dexter, and it's, his story is he he drank too much in college, so he lost his football scholarship. He gained forty pounds. He gained he's forty pounds overweight, and he just lost his job at the car car wash yeah. because incriminating Polaroid surfaced. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect ending for Mike Dexter. Mm-hmm. And now we're at the train station, which is like I said, this was Union Station. Yes. Out twenty five minutes away. Yeah. And uh, so. There he is, Preston, standing there waiting for his train, and then tap on the shoulder, turn around. I think you dropped this, and there's Amanda Beckett with a letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, you, got, you got my letter. Oh, uh, God. I, I thought it was my letter. Well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, oh, oh <laughs> hold on. I don't know what was in that letter because of all the times that we wrote it, so I don't And she just says, thank you. And, oh. At the, and in the background. Are you leaving right now? Yeah. And in, in the background, there's a song. Which is um, only you is the name of the song. Only and you. I never heard this version before. A- again, this, I, uh, this is later in life for me. The only version I've heard of this was Enrique Iglesias singing this mm. song in English really? and in Spanish. And oh I, my! And I, I remember loving the song to death. And then I heard it in the background, like, "Oh my God, that's that song!" And just like so, so many emotions about it, just like everything's everything's compiling on me. And she she has she has so many looks that this girl can do. They're just mm-hmm. like. Just melt me. Just completely melt wait, me. Wait, wait, wait. Before you get back to Jennifer Love Hewitt, yeah. are you telling me that this is the pinnacle moment of the entire movie with that <laughs> one song that gave that so much emotion to make you really want to watch this movie so many times? Yeah. Dear this, Lord. This is, this is the this is the payoff. This is as as the underdog, which I, I perceive myself in a lot of situations, this was the underdog getting his due. And it's like God damn it. Okay. First, to all of our listeners, yep. Adam is no underdog. <laughs> he is an amazing man that has done very amazing things. Uh, he has done. Well, maybe he was an underdog. Oh, yeah. Maybe he was, but not anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, there's still parts of me that have those kind of mentalities inside of me, which I think is what makes me strive to be better at, all, at things and why I'm. The, oh, the, shut blah, up, blah, 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 you blah. sexy beast. Yeah. All right. It's fine. But anyway, she has this look when she says. And oh, that squint! And, and you're leaving, and she has a yes. The, the way the way she can torture her face is just like ah. I I just like how 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 can he? I don't know how he was able to turn around and walk away. You see his face right when he does that, right? He's yeah. like his face of like pure other like, shock, terror, fear, and like anger all yeah, in well, one. To be fair, this he never saw this ha- coming mm-hmm. ever. Which so is she, how fate works, right? And he he says, "Well, I have to go to this workshop for Kurt Vonnegut." Yeah. Who's an author that he likes. And she's like, well, maybe we're bad timing. Maybe we weren't meant to be. And they shake hands. Like, yeah. By well, Preston. Maybe this is a sign. Maybe I'm supposed to be single for a while. Yeah. So in other words, she's ready to commit right now. <laughs> and they're saying, all right, maybe I'm supposed to be single. And he's just like, ah, sure. Ah, ah. <laughs> he's frozen. Turns, starts walking away. And she starts walking away. She turns around, sees him walking away. Turns around, starts walking. 
He turns around, sees her start walking away still, turns back around, drops his bags, and at this point, I'm just a heap of tears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just explode with emotion at this point. And there's a pre-9-11 world. You can leave your bags unattended for <laughs> right. in a train station. But the moment those bags uh-huh. hit the floor, I was like, it's happening! I just, I got, I just get so excited. He runs, he jumps over a booth, gets up to, I, I can catch a later flight. Okay. And then, passionate kiss, she mm-hmm. does an eyebrow thing at the exact moment, as soon as they make contact, which is like, another thing like, oh, she's likes this, and he's, he's a normal guy with mm-hmm. this chick, and she's liking it. It just, there's a lot of things happening inside of me. Yeah, right now too, I uh, see. Yeah, I just, <laughs> Watching Do- this movie again, all the emotions that I felt at that time came rushing back. Just like with you with Goonies. Same, yeah. It was the same kind of thing. It was did like all these feelings I forgot that were there. Did you want to change your pants? I had to a couple <laughs> times, yeah. And then the text comes up of their fate. Yeah. And it's, uh, he finally got on the train seven hours later and Amanda wrote him a letter every day that he was away yep. and they are still together. Yeah. But that's not the last people to get a, a freeze frame credit. Oh, the two right? nerdy friends. Oh yeah, are yeah. walking down the street and they're like, "Man, we missed the whole party." And then they get, ab- <laughs> and then they get abducted by aliens. <laughs> I was fine with that. Yeah, it's dumb. It's a dumb way to end the movie, but yeah. you know what? I'm okay. Yeah, so it's, it's fine. This is what happened in your world. And you're comfortable with this? I yes, I I almost need this hypocrite. Freaking <laughs> <laughs> <Make it> hypocrite! <laughs> you need you need that. It- I need this. Don't take this from me, please. <laughs> Like Luke took your Luke took like oh Jesus <laughs> sounds like Vader, like Darth Vader took Luke's hand, yeah, right, and then pushed him. Right, Vader does. Luke does push Vader. Should have, should have. Especially what he did with his hand. And that's uh, ah, oh. and that's can't hardly wait. I'm kind of exhausted. <laughs> you did a lot of excitement. Uh, yeah. Well, let's give our closing thoughts. Adam, you'll go last since <laughs> this was your pick. Maestro, do you want do you want to go first? Okay, where do I start? Oh boy. Okay, the, I, I can understand the entire movie was a lot of like mini stories put into one, culminating into an mm-hmm. ending that had a lot of nifty endings, and it was it was all right. I mean, like you could see the like ridiculous overplaying of every single character, and like the culmination of every single story. Being a little bit overdone or underdone, whatever you want to call it, I don't really care. <laughs> um, I, I do. I, I was really interested at the point with um, the jock versus the nerd at the end, and I feel like the entire bit was a little bit off, you know, because like after he after after they got into prison and he just gave that whole bit where. Yeah, I did everything to him, and I got off scot free because I'm an underage person, right? And then to go back to his own like thing afterwards, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. It makes it makes perfect sense to me. Why? Because I I do believe, and I I still do believe that within every Mike Dexter asshole, there is a good person. They just choose to be that asshole. So he had a human moment where he he knew what was right and wrong and did the right thing. But then once he got back around his friends. Which, which are, I'll spring him on to be this asshole. He went back into asshole mode. But that's the thing about it though. I mean, like, I'm around my friends all the time. We're not Dexters. I hope not. Cause no. he kills. Right, not, not that Dexter. <coughs> <laughs> no, we, 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 uh, we got lucky with Maestro. We, we had a very good core group of friends around us the entire time in high school. They, we, 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 to this day, most of them are still around. 
Yeah. Because we're all good people and we help each other continue to do good things. If there's a negative energy in there, uh, well, it, we have had that and it's been excised since then. But excised. <laughs> 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 but the point is, the people you keep around you, and this is something my grandmother always used to tell me. Uh, Dime con quién andas y te digo quién eres. How is that hard for you to understand, though? Okay, no, no. On. Okay, translation is: Tell me who your friends are, and I'll tell you who you are. That's something my grandma used to always tell me all the time. And she, the, the friends that we have excised, she spoke outwardly against as these are not people you need to have around. She mm. knew that. She saw it from the beginning. Another thing she said. I won't say in Spanish, but in English, it's the gold in the trash uh, shines. So it's, it's the same kind of concept. If you're surrounded by trash, the gold's going to stand out and eventually come to the surface. But at the same time, you need to keep people around you. These are, these are contradictory metaphors. I'm not thinking about it. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but, the, but the point is, <laughs> the people that you keep around you are going to influence the way that you are and the way that you act. Uh, a, a, a very good case in point, I am now more into Magic the Gathering than I've ever known in my entire life because of the people that are around me. You guys have influenced me to look into magic. I saw it. Amazing. Because we're, we're all common people. If we have assholes around us, eventually we're going to become assholes. And so Mike Dexter, staying around his asshole friends, put him back in asshole mode after lot, he had a moment of clarity. A lot of anal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any any other right. closing thoughts for me, Maestro? I, I okay, <laughs> B- okay. Uh, based upon the story, yeah, I, thought okay. that, I thought I forgot that was your time. Go no, it's fair. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> but like, given that what Adam is thinking about it, and because it, it does make sense. I mean, like, it does bring out that lot of that uh, like sense of like understanding about how you felt when you were in that position, that mm-hmm. point in time in your life where everything was unse- insecure, everything was unlike un- unexpected. It was like all new, all different, and the new change in life. It, the aspects of it, it was just like exponential. But what I'm trying to say is that, like, this movie as a whole, I had no entertainment value for it whatsoever. Oh, see, that's just. Well. The main reason why is because it's been done so many times, I'm just sick Since of it. Since then? Yes. Before then, I can't speak to that. That's because I was still in the bubble. <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll watch those movies later. And you'll tell me then. We'll start off with like what, uh, actually Teen Wolf 2 is a lot like that too, actually. Jeez, to oh my god. <laughs> You're not comparing this movie to Teen Wolf 2. I will. <laughs> oh, I will. Alright. Oh, sorry. Your time is up. Hollywood, what did you think about the movie? Um, <laughs> watching this again. I haven't seen this in a long time. I still enjoy it. Um, the Kenny Denise story is my favorite story just cause he's so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like the way he talks. Um, the, the William character, I also enjoy. Yeah. I like seeing that transformation from like a geeky guy into a popular guy. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, she's still gorgeous. Damn. For like this, this was, <laughs> this was 18 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Um, it was a good, it was, a, it was a night. Yeah, I know. She doesn't look, Maestro's showing us a picture of her now. That's fine, man. Yeah, she's fine. Hey, that's fine. But like 18 years ago, whoa. Uh, it was a, it was a cute movie. It was a nice it was a nice high school movie. It was a, I laughed a lot on certain parts. I was shocked that this was Jack from from uh, Run Home Jack. Yeah. <laughs> like I I had I, I never put that together. All the times I've seen this movie, and uh, yeah, this is a solid comedy. I like it. Adam, floor is yours. All right. Well, f- first, did did either of you have any kind of connection to anybody any character in this movie? 
Probably like the nerdy kid. So kids you're, you're that, that little like crew. Okay. Yeah. My show. Um, Denise. Denise? Yes. Okay. I actually get that. Yeah? Yeah. I was very cynical in high school. Okay. But I, but for some reason, my cynicism actually came out positive. It was weird. Yeah. You're yeah. weirdly positive. Yeah, I know, right? Like, like weirdly positive. I know, huh? I mean, it was almost <laughs> to the point where it was quirky. Yeah. But I was very cynic, yeah. very cynical. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Like, like, like I said before, I, I was, I was more of a, I was a Shelton William, uh, mix. But or Preston, I'm sorry. I was more Preston than than uh, William. But uh, anyway, th- this movie is, it, was, it was still great to me, and I'm sure a lot of it is nostalgia and the connections that I made back in that time. But I, I still did think overall there was a lot of good comedy in this. The 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 Kenny and Denise storyline mm-hmm. I think did help save the movie a lot more from being this just cheesy romantic drama bullshit. And uh, with William too. I mean, it, they they mixed a good amount of comedy into it to make it. Something that you can enjoy instead of just a love story of this, uh, like I said, underdog character coming to get his his, his comeuppance. Uh, I I also saw this movie as there, there was a, was a lot of redemption in this movie. A lot of people that had got redemption. Well, William got his he, he got his like happy ending. There's a lot of happy endings <laughs> in here. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe he did in the closet too with those two chicks. Mm-hmm. But there, there was there was just a lot of like characters coming into different. Uh, different, I don't know, realizations about themselves. There's mm-hmm. there a lot of self-reflection and uh, character development in this movie that I, I thought was was very well done. And in my more advanced age now, I can see that more so than back then. Back then, I thought it was just like, everybody wins, happy ending, this is the way life should be. Now I can see every character and how they developed in, in a much more refined way than I've seen in a lot of other movies. So overall, I, I, I'm still very, very thankful for this movie. Nice. Well, that was our opinion of the movie. But like I said, at the top of the show, we have lots of them, but zero credentials. Now we're going to hear from people who actually have credentials, the critics. Adam, this was your movie choice. Do you want to hear the good reviews or the bad reviews first? Start with the bad to get that out of the way. Okay. Mark Caro of the Chicago Tribune says, Kaplan and Elfont provides a real public service by showing how underage binge drinking can boost bookish students' social lives. (laughs) Well, that's just a fact. That's not a review. Right? (laughs) Dave Kerr of the New York Daily News says, There are signs that Can't Hardly Wait once had more serious aspirations. But in the final edit, at least, it's the dumb, broad slapstick that prevails short-circuiting identification with the characters before it can begin. I get get that to a point, but I I still think it was done well. (laughs) Melanie... McFarlane of the Seattle Times says the majority of the film is m- mirrored in magazine cliches and tired gags. Oh, look, the foreign exchange student only knows how to say he's a sex machine. Ha! And the nerd's <laughs> getting drunk. Who? <laughs> All right. <laughs> and it's not wrong. Lastly, <laughs> Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun Times says the movie lumbers ungracefully from romantic showdowns to deep conversations to bathroom humor. Yeah. Okay. No, that's accurate. Okay. And it's <laughs> not negative though. The good reviews. <laughs> Janet Maslin of the New York Times says, flip through any yearbook and you'll find the stock characters who amusingly populate the teenage comedy can't hardly wait. That's a good review? Well, that's a snippet from a good review. Okay. No. Well, I mean, it's, it's true, but that's why it was, that's why it was good because everybody can relate to this. Mm-hmm. Kevin Thomas of the LA Times says, for all its nonstop energy and high spirits, Can't Hardly Wait allows its characters to emerge as fully dimensional individuals. Yeah. They've been written with care and perception and played with equal ap- aplomb by a roster of talented young actors. Fantastic. Just, just like Barbie dolls. Well, but no. 
And no. lastly, Stephen Thompson of the AV Club says, The film deserves credit, both for its breezy pacing and its uncommon tendency to make its characters smarter and geekier than they might have been. AV Club had a positive review. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, all that, that's, did, that's a plus my call. Wait, wait, hold on a second. The entire movie, all it did was just over-exaggerate what everyone is already thinking. Yeah. <laughs> no. It, you know, <laughs> now it's time for the... Right. Now it's time for the Rotten Tomatoes game. This is part of the show where I make the guys guess the score of the movie based on his Rotten Tomatoes score. For those of you unfamiliar with the scoring system, it's an average score from zero to fi- uh, from zero to hundred amongst critics of the audience. <laughs> zero to fifty nine percent is rotten, sixty percent, eighty four percent is fresh, and eighty five percent up is certified fresh. Adam, your movie again. What would you like to guess first, the critics or the audience? Oh, oh I'm not be I'm not gonna be able to guess when it's my movie. But that's fine. Right next, next week. That's let's, fine. Let's start, let's start with the critics. Okay. As much as I like this movie, I understand that there could be faults. Uh, I, I, I choose not to see them. Uh, but uh, critics, uh, they're probably going to give it, I, I'm going to hope for a fresh, but barely a fresh. I'll do it a 66. Okay. Inconceivable. <laughs> I'm going for a uh, solid 40. It's 40%. <laughs> from the critics. So uh, it's rotten in there. Uh, <laughs> oh, validation. Oh, I love it. This is an outrage. Well, now it's the audience's turn. I want to know the names of all the critics <laughs> so that I know I'm never to trust them for anything. Oh, not only it's been on the run of the smack of a dot. Oh, it feels so good. Oh, I can, I can die happy now. All right. Oh, that's so good. All right, everybody calm down. Uh, uh, <laughs> the audience, they had better be higher because the audience... This this movie was made for audiences, mm-hmm. I I believe. So I'm gonna give it. Oh shit! Sixty nine. Okay, this is the high school humor. <laughs> Fifty seven. Sixty three percent. So it's ah, still rotten though. So it's fresh. Oh, it's fresh. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Anything good. above sixty. Oh, fresh. Right. Sixty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Paul oh. Giamatti wasn't in this, guys. Oh. <laughs> we noticed that he's been in a lot of the movies. And since we all love him, we decided to ask what role had G-Body have had. Well, let's think about it this way, though. He, you Paul, can't make him a high school kid. Yeah, exactly. He'd, he'd, he'd have to be the, the cop. Well, hold on no, a no, second, No, though. but at the time, when this movie came what? out, he was younger. Yeah, no, no, no. Hold but on. still an yeah. adult. Before that, what if Giamatti was a kid? Let's, let's make him age appropriate. Okay. Okay. So what does that mean? Uh, so he is as old as every other yeah. uh, high schooler in this film. Oh, that's different. What would he? What does he look like at that age? It doesn't I matter. Know. Uh, you gotta, you gotta, have, he's gotta I, have hair. I, I, as much as I loved the performance of this character, I think he'd be very good, William. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he was nah, age appropriate, uh, he'd be a good know. William. I don't know. I mean, he, he, I can't, I can't see him pulling off a special K. <laughs> no, <laughs> he can't do that, <laughs> and he can't do a Preston. No, he can't do a Dexter. No. <laughs> It's either William or one of his friends, is what he has to be. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <coughs> hmm. William or his friends, huh? <laughs> That's a tough one. I really feel like, uh, if it was a gender, if it wasn't gender appropriate, I really feel oh. he'd be the, the trash lady, trash girl. The trash girl? What? Who's the that? lambs, the sheep. Oh, the one with the scissors and the, uh, yeah. You want you were too popular to recognize a, a unique soul like Preston. There you go, yeah. <laughs> or like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, see, she saw when she, her eyes went all beady for a second, yeah. right? Yeah. 
Now it's time for trivia. This is part of the show where I give out little bits of facts or info you may not know about the movie. Information for Adam that that probably would revolve around his uh, little crush he's got there. I'm down. This was Charlie Cosmo's first and last on-screen appearance since Hook. He was attending MIT when he was offered the role. Whoa, um, so he was a perfect he, casting. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, so it looks like this may not be about Jennifer Love Hewitt after all. All right. I love that one. At one point, Denise says, don't look back. You should never look back. This is a quote from the Don Henley song, Boys of Summer. Yep. Which was oh. released in 1984. <laughs> All right. Uh, the movie is based loosely on Huntington Valley, Pennsylvania, and the high school community within it, where one of the directors grew up. Mm. Oh. And finally, filming the final scenes of the party meant a chaotic destruction of the house. Directors Deborah Kaplan and Harry Elfont gave the go-ahead to completely trash the house. This involved the cast and crew pulling out drawers, dropping food all over the floor, messing up the carpets, and someone spray-painting. This party sucked on the front door. This all <laughs> happened in the span of one hour. Wow. Nice. Very well done. So there's no bit about Jennifer Love Hewitt at all? No. I'm sorry. Oh, here's some trivia. Uh, oh. She's amazing. <laughs> oh. I thought you actually looked it up yourself. <laughs> I did. Last, uh, that's what uh, says. <laughs> no, no, not in your pants. Not in your pants. Last but not least, money makes the world go round. We want to put this film into perspective with other films that were released this year so we can get a feel financially how well this film held up to its peers. The budget for this movie is $10 million. I want you to give me its guess for its total worldwide gross. Mm. I couldn't find a foreign wow. box office, so you got to give me the U.S. domestic gross. Wow, that movie only made tw- only st- only needed $10 million to make with mm-hmm. Jennifer Love Hewitt and a bunch of other actors? Well, they were still up-and-comers. Yeah, these are oh, all, okay. all pre-stardom for a lot of these people. Except for J. Love Hewitt, right? No, she was, yeah, still, she was in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah, that was that's probably, this. That's supposed to be pretty big, no? Okay, but it's, it's still not Robot Chicken big. Yeah. What? For Seth Green. What? Yeah. Robot Chicken Big? Are you serious? Right. Yeah. Seth Green can do whatever the fuck he wants at this point. Yeah. He he's out of, out of everybody in this in this cast, he is the most powerful for sure. Mm-hmm. You mean Jennifer Love Hewitt? Yes. Oh yeah. Because she had her own TV show for a while. Yeah. So does he. Really? What is it? <laughs> he had several. Robot Chicken. <laughs> he had several. Yeah. Robot Chicken for starters, and I feel like that's enough. Uh, he was also he's also in Family Guy. Really? Who? Oh, Gossip Powers no. movies. I don't want to tell you what he is. That's a horrible Chris impression. Yeah, yeah, but like she's been in a lot of movies too. Yeah, but as far as like power goes, yeah, especially among the nerd community, out out of this world. Oh, okay. He was also an Entourage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's 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 been all over the he's been all over the place. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. But uh, let's see. So ten, how much did it make? So ten million. Ten million. As much as I enjoyed it, I know I'm in the minority here. What does your head say, Adam? Not your heart. (laughs) Exactly. The other head. My heart says $10 billion. No. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go with 47. 60. This movie grossed $25.6 billion. Jesus Christ. Do you need a hug? Ouch. Ouch. This film opened in fourth place on the weekend... Of June 12, 1998, with $8 million. Number one that week was The Truman Show. Oh. it's a good movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great movie. According to Box Office Mojo, this is the 30th highest grossing film in the category High School Comedy Movies. Okay. 30th highest 30th. grossing. You know what that means, right? That's upsetting. Number one is 21 Jump Street. Uh, that's fair. The, the recent one? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's well, fair. It takes place in high no, school. No, it's not fair. Why not? Because <laughs> it wasn't this good. 
<laughs> I beg to differ. I had more fun watching 21 Jump Street than this movie. All right. Well, but you forget, maybe, uh, it has Jonah Hill in it. So, I like Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill's on your list, but Stiller and... I just, I don't, I... He's typecast, and Adam doesn't like that type. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Finally, can't hardly wait. Well, it's mostly that stupid... All right. The, uh, what was it? Uh, end of the go. world, end of days, uh, mm-hmm. movie that he was in? Uh, movie. this is like the end. That. This is the end. Uh, that, I've never been more upset with, with a movie. How? Because it had such potential, and then it just, in act two, it just took a crazy shift, like, what have you done to this movie? Sounds, it Why? was fine to me. No. The whole, like, like. And I, I hold John Hill personally responsible for it. Okay. Really? <laughs> I, I thought the whole bit about, like, the, the, about, like, the whole religion thing about 2000, like, they were going all in the, what's the word? Where, uh. Um, the rapture? The rapture, yeah. The whole bit about the rapture. I thought that was a great play on it because, like, no yeah, one. No, it was. Absolutely it was. That was the second part. No. I thought, I thought the big twist was they were all just really high and none of it ever happened. And I would believe that for the movie, especially for the cast. Yeah. But no, once 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 the demon popped up and all right, yeah, I won't talk about it anymore. <laughs> Can't hardly wait was the seventy fourth highest grossing film of nineteen ninety eight. Would you like to hear your top five that year? Sure. From nineteen nineteen ninety eight, number one was Saving Private Ryan. Was Matrix in that year? No, it was nineteen ninety nine. Ah, so number one was Saving Private Ryan. Okay, good, good, good. Number two was Armageddon. Yes, <laughs> the Aerosmith movie song. Number three was there. There's something about Mary. Uh, ah, excellent. Number four, Cameron Diaz. Number four was A Bug's Life. Okay. And number five was The Water Boy. Oh no! <laughs> Two out of the top five. Yep. You Sandler did, and Stiller. They're, they're trying uh, to, oh my god! They're trying to but tell Bruce you Willis something. beat them all. That's fine. He's, as well, he, but as, Tom Hanks beat Bruce Willis. By the way, in real life, Tom Hanks is amazing. He beat all of it. Tom, Tom Hanks is great. Tom Hanks yeah. is great. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. should have seen the crap he pulls off off scene, dude. That's pretty funny shit. Oh, yeah. No, he's a great. I, I saw him, uh, he, he like approached a married couple. And, yeah. Like, <laughs> when they were taking their uh, wedding photos. Yeah. That's beautiful. He's, he's a pulled, great guy. Yeah, he mm-hmm. pulls selfies on a drunk person. By the way, irresponsible for the term Coco when it comes to Conan O'Brien. Really? Yes. Oh, he named oh. him that? He named him Coco. Oh. At one point, Conan was like, please don't say that. People are going to start calling me that. And it took <laughs> off, uh-huh. and now he's Coco. Nice. <laughs> Because of Tom Hanks. <laughs> Adam, where can you watch all of these movies that came out in 1998 that I listed? Uh, you can watch them all on Amazon.com. If you have Prime, even better. But if you don't, if you want to buy it, if you want to rent it, whatever, go to our website first. Click on the banner on our page. It takes you to Amazon. Do your shopping as normal. And it helps support the show. We get a profit <coughs> based on whatever you buy. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Especially for the holiday shopping coming up. Mm-hmm. Do your holiday shopping online on Amazon, but through our website first. So uh, we get a little uh, kickback. Yep. That's 1998's Can't Hardly Wait, directed by Harry Elfont and Deborah Kaplan. Check out our website, ratpackpodcast.com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoilers Show. Check out and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Write to us via email at spoilers at ratpackpodcast.com for any questions, opinions, and movie requests. Please rate and review the show on iTunes so it can help us in the rankings. If you leave us a review on iTunes and leave us a recommendation for a movie you want us to watch, that movie will go to the top of our list and we will watch it before any other requests. By the way, any review, positive or negative, leave us a review, mm-hmm. put a request. We'll yep. take it. Next week, we conclude our thankful series with my pick. Uh, as you all know, my favorite genre is horror. Yes. I love horror. It's yes. not going to be a horror movie. Aw. <laughs> my second favorite genre is action. Yeah. Oh. 
And in my eyes, there are three perfect action movies. Die Hard 1, 3. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Die Hard is on the list, though. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Perfect. So the first Die Hard is on there. Yes. Okay. Also on the list is Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Fair. Good. And my pick for the third entry in the Lethal perfect Weapon. action movie is Lethal Weapon. Yeah! Right. Woohoo! <laughs> because it's the best buddy action yes. flick. It's the one that... Well, no. 48 Hours set the pace with Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy right. in the early 80s. This one came out later. But this one, you got Riggs. You got Murtaugh. So great. You got the banter going back and forth. You got one who's really crazy, and you got one who's too old for this right. shit. It's Odd Couple meets Weapons. Yes. <laughs> uh, I love you, Hollywood. Oh, I love this movie. I love this movie. Yeah. And the only reason I picked it, because I was telling Adam, my choices were Silence of the Lambs, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and Terminator 2. Okay. And and I think three solid choices. I think, yeah, every, absolutely. I think you two would have liked all three of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then <laughs> AMC had, not AMC, IFC or Sundance, one of those two independent film channels, had a Lethal Weapon marathon. And I started watching the first Lethal Weapon and I was like, holy shit, this movie is fucking gold. Like, this movie's almost like flawless. Like, nice. as far as like an action movie goes. All right. It's amazing. But we'll get into more detail next week. Yeah, I haven't so, seen that in a long time. Oh, it's it, it holds up good. I look oh, forward yeah. to it. I, I mean, if forward. you look past like the fashion and everything, it holds up. Yeah. <laughs> Just so, like the concept. Yeah, everything. everyone like had like different haircuts. I was about to say the hair. Yeah. I remember I remember Mel Gibson's hair being a little crazy. There might be a few things you won't like okay. in your world, but well, other, if you look past that, okay. it's still solid, dude. Right. Plus you got Gary Busey before he went all crazy. <laughs> when he was still like a legitimate like movie movie okay. uh, character actor. Right. So check out Lead the Weapon. Tune in next week. And until next time, this is Hollywood. I'm Maestro. I'm Adam. Adam.